the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to the 4 o'clock hour, the Friday edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Kathy, good to see you. Happy Friday. Thank you. Happy Friday to you as well. Very nice. And uh, it's a big weekend for you. Uh, It is my birthday weekend. It is. We'll talk about that later in the show. I'm sure we will. It's a little early to say happy birthday. Don't you think, Mike, it's a little early to say happy birthday? No, it's never too early. No, I think it is. I think it is, too. What are you talking about? Aren't you going to say happy birthday? I mean, we'll say it later. All right. You know, it's not really your birthday yet, so. (laughs) Great, thank you. We know it's coming. (laughs) But sad news about Peter Mayhew today, John. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so Peter Mayhew, you don't know the name, probably, but you you do know the name Chewbacca. There he is. Chewbacca passed away April 30th, the actor who played Chewbacca, Peter Mayhew. He passed away at the age of 74 at his home in North Texas. Um, do you know that Chewbacca was inspired by George Lucas's dog? Uh, the, uh, George <laughs> Lucas had a big dog, uh, an Alaskan Malamute named Indiana. And according to George Lucas, the dog would always sit in the passenger seat of his car like a co-pilot. People would confuse the dog for an actual person. And um, that's how that came up. That's so good. Yeah. Chewbacca's name, there he goes, his name is Russian in origin. uh, Sobaka, meaning dog, is Chewbacca. That's also. Um, In Star Wars Episode Four, it was revealed that Chewbacca's age is 200 years old. So Chewbacca, 200 years old. Uh, Here's the weird thing. uh, Peter Mayhew. Up until he was in his mid-30s, he worked in a hospital in London. He was cast in the role because he's seven foot three inches tall. Wow. Yeah. Seven foot three. Um, He was discovered because of his large feet. Uh, This is really weird. Um, Well, this is like... (laughs) Uh, Every actor doesn't want to hear this, right? Every actor is trying to believe that it's just going to be because of their merits that they're going to get the part. Yeah, well, um, his path to Chewbacca began with a string of lucky breaks. A local London reporter was doing a story on people with big feet and happened to profile Peter Mayhew. A movie producer saw the article and cast him in an uncredited role as a minotaur in the film Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, based upon his size. I bet that was a good film. <laughs> One of the makeup men on Sinbad was also working on the Wookiee costumes from uh, Star Wars and suggested to the producers of Star Wars that they screen test Peter Mayhew, and of course the rest is Wookiee history. Isn't that wow. cool? I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy with big feet, and you should look at him. And that's how he got the gig. Yes. And then, while they were shooting Star Wars, he kept his day job as the deputy head porter of a London hospital. And uh, he was let go, though, because of his various shooting schedules. But when the film was over, he was hired back after uh, the production was uh, said, okay, you're cleared to work. I wonder how much money he made off of Star Wars. I bet it's not nearly as much as we think. 
I'm sure he's a millionaire. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I bet he's not much more than that because I remember reading an article about Mark Hamill and how poorly he had negotiated his contract. Oh, right. For Star Wars, yeah. in uh, light of how well Harrison Ford had negotiated his. Right. Right. So we look at these people and we think, oh my gosh, they were in Star Wars. These are all like multi-cajillionaires. I bet that wasn't the case for him. Probably so. However, you know the the industry that's built up around them. If these guys would appear at conventions, which that's there are conventions point. all that, over the I world, bet they, I bet I bet someone like Peter Mayhew made more money oh. doing that than he did making the actual film. I mean, I've got a friend who you know is a minor player in you know those conventions, and he sits at a table and signs his autograph for twenty five right. bucks a top and there you a go. pop. Yeah. So if you're Peter Mayhew, you're going to sit there and sign all sorts of memorabilia. Right. So he uh, was British, but he ended up living here. That's right. And he passed away here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Were you a Star Wars fan, Mike? The first three, I was a oh, big yeah. Star Wars fan. After oh, that, yeah. I kind of lost it. Yeah. I, I love every single one of them. Do you really? I really do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. That's, I, I don't, you know, I love sci-fi, but and I saw the first three, but then I never followed through. Right. I feel kind of badly about it. Yeah, I feel like I've missed out. You can catch up. Do you think I should? Definitely. Yeah, 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 sure, is, sure. is Chewie in... All of them? No. I think he's in five of them. I think he was in the original three and then mm-hmm. two after the fact. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Just saying. Rest in peace, Peter Mayhew. Yes. <laughs> we got a terrific show coming up. Uh, we're going to talk with Frederica Matthews Green. Really interesting thing later in the hour about icons and faith practice. But coming up next, we're going to turn to the world of science and we'll talk about artificial intelligence. What does it mean for humanity? What does it mean specifically for Christians? We'll talk to Dr. Richard Mao. He's coming up next. WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New music. New music from Matthew West. Unplanned. I know that there's no such thing as unplanned. Love Lifting Me by Tasha Layton. And Brandon Murphy with Coming Home. I'm coming home to you. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. A moo-moo here and a moo-moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi there, it's me, Marsha from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84 PA on the Saturday before Memorial Day for our annual Farm Heritage Day. During this annual event, two giant tents will hold 20-plus old-time crafters sharing their wares with you like sheep shearing, wool spinning, quilting, and leather punching. Our old-fashioned chore girls will be churning butter, kneading bread dough, and rolling pie dough, and they'll need lots of helpers, too. Take the tour of our modern milking facility where you get to try your hand at milking Sally the Tour Cow. The Springhouse Cooks will feature all kinds of fabulous eats inside, too. So come hungry for hot roast beef and gravy, real mashed potatoes, and so much more. Farm Heritage Day at the Springhouse on Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, 11 to 4. Let us share a little of our farm with you. Springhousemarket.com or give us a call at 724-228-3339. Important bulletin regarding the secret tech stock that everyone is suddenly talking about. The tech stock is set to create 50,000 new jobs right here in America. Donald Trump himself called what they're doing the eighth wonder of the world. And the company is collecting billions from the tech giants, including over 30 billion just from Apple, Nokia, and Microsoft. 
Yet here's the most intriguing part. This $3 stock trades under a secret name. Just go to OneStockRetirementNow.com to get the whole story. Do you dream of owning your own home? Dollar Bank's free Mortgages for Mothers workshop can show you how to break the rent cycle. You'll learn the right way to home ownership with a plan to strengthen your savings and create less debt. You can even get help with restoring bad credit. Join Lynn Hayes Freeland and Dollar Bank at the free Mortgages for Mothers Home Buying Workshop Saturday, May 11th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Child care will be available. To register, visit mortgagesformothers.com today. Dollar Bank, equal housing lender. Email phishing attacks cost businesses billions annually in real cash, data loss, and brand damage. Phishing emails are hard to detect because the messages appear to be legitimate to unsuspecting employees. Introducing Barracuda Fish Line, a groundbreaking cloud-based solution designed to help employees recognize sophisticated email phishing attacks through interactive training reinforced by continuous simulation. Transform your employees from a liability into a line of defense. Go to barracuda.com pl to learn more. Richard Miles back with us. Richard is our regular guest on our show. He is professor of faith and public life at Fuller Theological Seminary, where he served as president for 20 years. Richard has written numerous books, including Adventures in Evangelical Civility, Uncommon Decency, Calvinism in the Las Vegas Airport, and The Smell of Sawdust. But having said all that, he is here to talk to us today about artificial intelligence and the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Richard, welcome back. Hey, great to be with you, too. It's funny, Richard, when I look at an, a, a statement like this that comes out, I said this to John before we went to air today, I thought, isn't it funny that there are statements, there are theological statements that have to be made about things that to me still seem like science fiction? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, and, and, and in many ways, science fiction is uh, becoming a part of our daily lives, you know, I mean, in so many different ways. But all the things, Kathy, that you and I 20 years ago, and for me, you know, 40, 50 years ago, I would have never, I mean, they, they were the stuff of uh, of science fiction writers, and they're a part of our daily lives today. It's right. just amazing. Yeah. But, but at the same time, Richard, you know, when I think of uh, the film Blade Runner, or, you know, any of the excellent science fiction writers have been out there, and then I use a spell check on my phone, I think, well, we've got a long ways to go until, you know, the the future is fully functional as we sort of envision it in science fiction. Right, except that yeah. we might not recognize the, 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 the developments are right around the corner. No, that's right. That's right. And things are happening very quickly. And, you know, just very recently, the... Um, the experiment in China that produced, uh, you know, live birth twins that had been genetically edited in frightening ways. Uh, and in, in many ways, the, the, the worst thing uh, about our sinful impulses in this area of developing technologies is this assumption that uh, if it's possible to do it, let's do it. Right. You know, and... Uh, this latest statement by uh, initiated by the Southern Baptists and Russell Moore, who heads up the their ethics center in Washington, I think is a a, a wonderful statement because it, it it isn't doomsday, it isn't saying this is all awful, but it's saying, hey, folks, as Christians, we need to we need to sit and think about this stuff. Yes. So then, Richard, as the science of Frankenstein truly is upon us. The um, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission uh, put together an evangelical statement of principles, which we'll talk about in detail. But, you know, I'm, you imagine 
what you just talked about and laboratories in Beijing or Silicon Valley or wherever around the world, um, they may have heard something about this, but generally it won't mean anything to them. They're just going to march forward. Yeah, uh, that's right. And that's the unfortunate thing. But, you know, there are Christians in, in, in positions of power. Just recently I heard Francis Collins, uh, who heads up the National Institute of Health, and he's very concerned about that that Chinese uh, experiment. And he's saying, you know, we, those of us who are dealing with public policy and guidelines for scientific research, have to make a clear distinction between the kind of research and the kind of technological development that make, makes it possible for us to promote healing and to promote well-being uh, in, in, in good ways and trying to create a new humanity, trying to change our, our fundamental nature. And, you know, it's a great thing that some of us can get certain kinds of surgery these days that's robotic yes. and uh, that, you know, they don't have to cut into us in the ways they they're used to for sometimes for fairly serious uh, surgery issues. That's a good thing. But when people start messing around with our genes and uh, dealing with uh, the fetus in the womb and trying to make sure that it doesn't turn out the way it looks like it might turn out, these are really bad things. Yes. So um, the artificial intelligence statement of principles, it encompasses what? what? What is the main point that you're trying to make? Well, I think it, it, it has a pretty broad scope. Uh, it's dealing with issues of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff about sexuality that we ought to be worrying about in terms of sex and virtual space and pornography and all the rest. But there are issues of uh, uh, political practices. I mean, you, you know, many of us would probably like it if there were an advanced uh, an implementation of an advanced facial recognition going through security in the airport where we just sort of walk through and they look at the screen and say, you're fine. Um, but, you know, in China, uh, whole cities now are using, the, the government is using facial recognition to know where everybody is at any given time, and they're using it as an instrument for uh, persecuting the church. Wow. You know? So millions so are being a clear helped. example of good versus bad. Yeah. So the Chinese have the ability to imprison millions and millions of people in a city, even though it doesn't really look like that on the outside. Exactly right. Yeah. But, you know, it has to do with uh, everything from, uh, I mean, and again, video gaming is a, is a big issue these days. And, uh, you know, you can go online and you can be yourself in virtual space or have an avatar that you're directing and that avatar could kill somebody or can commit adultery or, you know, all kinds of things, you know. Dr. Richard Mao is with us, professor of faith and public life at Fuller Theological Seminary, where he served as president for 20 years. He's written numerous books, including Adventures in Evangelical Civility, and his newest, which is called Restless Faith, Holding Evangelical Beliefs in a World of Contested Labels. Richard, one of the things that jumped out at me in this document, and it's, it's mentioned two different times, is the fact that fear is often associated with artificial intelligence. So those of us who recognize that technology is kind of a ball rolling downhill and we're concerned about where it's going to take us often veer off into a fear-based response to what technology might bring us. Yeah. And, you know, in many ways, that's, 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 it's not just Christians. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's even the people who are producing the products of our entertainment world. I, 
taught a course last year at Fuller on human nature, theology of human nature, and we got into a lot of these questions. And, you know, my students, I was surprised in the class discussion, which was very rich, uh, over and over again, people referred to Netflix films, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the stuff on Netflix is very pessimistic about the future. Uh, technology used to control human lives, uh, to create new kinds, uh, new modes of being, robotics that, uh, that, that end up trying to destroy us, you know. And, uh, there's, and you, you mentioned Blade Runner before. I mean, you know, the, the, the pessimistic view of the future in 1984, you can go through all of that stuff. And uh, there is a lot to be afraid of, but there's also, uh, at the same time, we have to hold hold that fear in check because there's a lot, and we're living with it all the time. Every time we go online, we're living with wonderful new developments in, in technology. Right. And uh, the church needs to be using these to spread the gospel. I mean, I remember years ago, my mom would say, Oh, I, I can't imagine what it'd be like to raise a child in today's world. I mean, that was back in the seventies, yeah. and, and she raised seven children. So, um, to think about the future, and, and look, we're not perfect here, you know, from nineteen seventy-five to 2019, But what will the world be like in a hundred years from now? And in many ways, I wish that I would be here to see that and to marvel at it and to be part of God's creation that we shouldn't fear and that man is capable of such wondrous things in God's image as well. So who knows what will come down the pike? Perhaps things that are just beyond imagination that will alter the world in a really positive, wonderful way. Right. And this is why, and that's a great, that's a great comment because this is why we ought to be encouraging uh, the good things. And I think this document has real guidelines uh, for for hopeful encouragement of good things that are happening in technology. And then we also have this, if things really do get bad, uh, the Bible tells us that things will get bad (laughs) and that Jesus will return. And so we can either see this in terms of uh, the hope for good things, and even under the worst-case scenario, uh, God has not given up on us, and that Jesus Christ will appear and the victory will be his in the end, you know. Richard, a last question for you. When you sign a document like this, um, I would assume that instantly you have made yourself a target of some type of splinter group who doesn't appreciate something about the document, either the fact that it's produced by the Southern Baptists and you're not a Southern Baptist, <laughs> or it's about artificial intelligence and Christians shouldn't, shouldn't use technology at all. Whatever it is, I'm sure that there have been people who've reached out to you perhaps in a public way. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, but it's been mainly people who wondered why I'm, I'm um, aligning myself with this other because <laughs> they've had a, a bad reputation on on a lot of things. But uh, I just think that uh, you know I am I'm an evangelical, and like my Southern Baptist friends, I believe that the Bible is the absolutely authoritative Word of God, and that we need to, on the basis of God's Word. Uh, look at very important issues and try to discern what the Holy Spirit is teaching us in the larger culture. And I'm so pleased that the Southern Baptists took the initiative on this. Yes. And so not to minimize the 
the the dangers, but we should not, as they say, major in the minors, right? That's right. The God is in control. Richard, Amen. it's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Richard. Hey, good talking to you. Thank you. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers. Your jewelers for life. New message. Your social security number has been suspended. If you do not contact us, your account will be deactivated. Scammers are aggressive when they contact a potential victim. Social Security Administration employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent and you should just hang up. Don't provide any personal or financial information to these thieves. Call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at 1-800-269-0271. It's Better Together, the exciting daily half-hour talk show by women and for women. It's good friends like Lori Crouch, Christine Kane, Carrie Job, Victoria Osteen, Lisa Harper, and many more. It's more than just a TV show. It's your daily destination for love, friendship, encouragement, and community. It's Better Together, 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific. Only on TBN. Text TOGETHER to 316-316 to join in. That's TOGETHER to 316-316. We'll see you real soon. Graduation Day is finally here. Celebrate their achievement and leave the catering to Bistro to Go in the Northside. From backyard family gatherings to glitzy affairs, their simply delicious creations are sure to impress. Fresh, unique, and artistically displayed. From crisp salads and fresh fruits to gorgeously grilled chicken or beef and delectable desserts. With vegan and gluten-free options. Reasonably priced, fully staffed, delivered, or ready to go. Celebrate success with Bistro to Go at bistroandcompany.com. Right now, there's a child living in extreme poverty with no future and no hope. But you can bring hope when you become a Compassion International sponsor. Just text the word CHILD to 83393 and sponsor a child right now. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Considering a college transfer? Then consider Geneva College to complete your bachelor's degree. Geneva offers a Christian perspective and more than 115 majors and programs to help students prepare for their life's work. Go to geneva.edu slash transfer today. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Mostly cloudy this evening with a few showers and thunderstorms around here early on. The low tonight will be 52, and those mostly cloudy skies will continue into tomorrow when some rain will be possible during the afternoon. The high will be 65. Periods of rain will continue into tomorrow night and early Sunday morning. However, the clouds will break up Sunday afternoon, allowing for a little more sunshine and a high of 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Derek Witt. 
Kathy, you do Easy Pass on the Turnpike? Yes. Yeah. I love it, don't you? It's so much easier. However, and you get a break. You do. You get a small break. It's very, the, it's very the tiny, rates but... have gone up incredibly so in the last five years or so. Has there been a time whenever Easy Pass has not read you properly and you get a, like a fine notice? This has happened with us. I have gotten that twice, actually. And so then you've got to resubmit and go back. Well, this is the real deal. Pennsylvania's most egregious toll evader now has a criminal record and a long road ahead to pay off his, uh, his debts to the Turnpike Commission. Uh, the case was was resolved this week. The latest examples of the Turnpike Commission's aggressive new approach. The thing we're going to do is uh, go back and get our money, said Ray Morrow, the commission's chief compl- compliance officer. Sounds like a mafia head. A guy by the name of Jarrett Stiff, 36, in suburban Philadelphia, did not pay for trips on the Pennsylvania Turnpike 2,264 times. Who does that? A stiffler. Between 2012 and 2017 more than anybody else in the state, he accumulated $127,967 in unpaid tolls and subsequent fines. But he, he like, lived on the turnpike. I, it looks like it. He <laughs> pleaded guilty to theft of services as part of his agreement at his sentencing in April, and he was ordered to pay back that money. $127,000 plus. But he was on the turnpike almost 2,500 times. That's crazy. So he just went through the easy pass lane and, and didn't have an easy through. pass and just went pulled through. Right. But they see your license plate. Right. It's not like you're, you know, trying to get away with it. So uh, a, a turnpike report found that uh, the turnpike has owned some three, $33 million in an unpaid easy pass tolls. Much of that would eventually be paid through notices mailed to drivers like you and I. So... Uh, Anyway, $33 million people owe to the Turnpike Commission. Yep. Individuals are committing this offense thinking there are no repercussions for it. And there are hardworking taxpayers who pay their fair share. So individuals should be held accountable. You know what I've done twice? Hmm. I have gone. I've gone on a trip (laughs) thinking I didn't have my easy pass paid at the toll twice. (laughs) And then when I got to my destination, opened up the glove box and was like, oh, look, I did have it. Oh, you paid (laughs) twice. So I oh, okay. So I'm making up for that guy. Right. That's the true definition of what they call the idiot tax. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I deserve to pay. Job. 101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yeah! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. We're here at CreditRepair.com, the most recognized name in the industry when it comes to resolving credit report issues and getting that credit score up. With me, i got Aaron. Aaron, what happens when people call CreditRepair.com? A lot. Just one call gets any listener a free credit score, free credit report, and a free personalized credit evaluation right over the phone. In just a few minutes, you'll know exactly what's hurting your credit and get a personalized game plan to help restore it. And that can make a huge difference when it comes to getting those things that we want, like a new car, a new house, or even a brand new job. Absolutely. Your credit score is one of the first things lenders look at, and our proven process can help remove those unfair or inaccurate items, like late payments and collections from your credit report. In fact, on average, people who have used our service have seen significant
significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. What are you waiting for? Call creditrepair.com today. Call 800-851-5318. That's 800-851-5318. 800-851-5318. Hi, this is Todd Shulkin. Join me and head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Steelers players Vance McDonald and Stefan Toot, and pastors Brian Loretz and Ed Glover for Man Up Pittsburgh on Saturday, June 8th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Man Up is a day for all men to work on becoming the best godly leaders they can be. There will be free food, fellowship, worship, powerful messages, and dynamic breakout sessions. From high schoolers to grandfathers, this is for you. Register today at manuppittsburgh.org. Hosted by Urban Impact and brought to you locally by Chick-fil-A of Pittsburgh. Somewhere today, at a Christian school near you, a teacher arrived at work. Not because of a paycheck, but a calling, a divine privilege to invest their skills, their time, their academic training, their entire life to equip young minds for success in this world and beyond. This is how love inspires learning. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Education for mind and soul. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Hi, this is Carrie. I'm so excited for May 5th. Why? Because it's Compassion Sunday. My family sponsored a child a couple of years ago on Compassion Sunday at our church, and it's been the best thing we have ever experienced. And I'm excited because I want you to have that same experience. Would you join us? Just go to Compassion.com slash Sunday to find a church near you that's hosting Compassion Sunday. That's Compassion.com slash Sunday. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. We have Frederica Matthews Green back with us. She's a wide-ranging author whose work has appeared in such diverse publications as the Washington Post, Christianity Today, the L.A. Times, First Things, Sojourners, and the Wall Street Journal. She writes regularly for the multi-faith web magazine BeliefNet.com and writes movie reviews for National Review Online and Christianity Today. Frederica is the author of The Jesus Prayer, The Ancient Desert Prayer That Tunes the Heart to God, and her newer book, Welcome to the Orthodox Church, An Introduction to Eastern Christianity. Frederica, welcome back. Hi, good to be with you again, Ken. Frederica, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, Frederica, one of the things, because you are an Orthodox Christian, that I, I really want to talk to you about is the use of icons that the the Orthodox faith uh, has all over their churches and in their homes. Can, can you talk about an icon? Yeah, what is it, first off? Yeah. Yeah, first off. Um, yes, I've been an Orthodox Christian for a little more than 25 years, and it was something that kind of baffled me at first. An icon, as opposed to just a religious painting, or even a great religious painting, like from the Renaissance, an icon usually depicts a saint or a biblical event or something that happened in Jesus' lifetime, and it does so in kind of a prescribed pattern. There's a certain way that St. Paul always looks with his bald head, you know, balding in the front, um, there's certain gestures or ways characters are arranged. So it's not like the free, freely expressive kind of painting 
we're used to in religious paintings, Christian paintings in the West. It has a prescribed quality to it. And when I first began seeing these, these images, I really didn't like them because I thought they looked so unfriendly, uh, that the, the characters looked so serious or even stern in the pictures. And because it just wasn't realistic, uh, it, didn't have the, um, it didn't have the appeal of uh, a Renaissance painting where you could just see the, um, the anguish or the joy or whatever on the people's faces. Uh, the kind of the regimented quality of icons turned me off. Yes. So uh, when I see an icon, especially when you see an icon in an Orthodox church or a cathedral, uh, I'm just so drawn to it because it is so different than the, the faith images that I grew up with. And especially when you would see icons that are made out of tile or mosaic. To me, those are absolutely stunning. But uh, Frederica, go back and talk about the prescribed sort of um, the, the, um, the, the standard, I guess. How, how did that come about? Why is it like that? You may wonder. Yes. Um, uh, one of the things that, that I hadn't really considered was that the use of icons began back in the days when most Christians were illiterate. And they would cover the interior walls of the church with Bible stories and with people from church history as a way of reinforcing the, the stories and the lessons and the faith that the worship was teaching. I see. Um, if you've ever been to Orthodox worship, you know, we sing everything, and then we sing it three times. Mm. <laughs> um, it's, there's a lot of, again, kind of a relic of the days when most people were illiterate, that just like you and I learned, to, learned our ABCs by singing a song, yes. and then singing it over and over and over. Um, the singing and the pictures all go together to help people who couldn't read a Bible remember what the Bible was teaching and what the important points were. I see. So in the in the world of iconography, is that is that the correct yeah, print, uh, iconography? So are there people, are there artists who are lifted up as the masters of the iconography work? Yeah, I, yes, there, there are. And um, for example, a very well-known is a, a Russian named Andrei Rublev, who painted an icon that every listener has seen somewhere or another. Um, it's called the Holy Trinity, and it shows the three angels sitting at the table where Abraham served them a meal. And it's uh, meant to depict those three angels were actually the Trinity appearing in visible form. I see. Wh- time that, that occurred. What's the artist's but, name um, again? Andre Rublev, it's R-U-B-L-E-V. I've seen that. And uh, there are a number of his icons that have continued to be cared for and been preserved through the years. Rublev's a good one to look up. Another icon most people have seen is called the Christ of Sinai. That's S-I-N-A-I, that like Mount Sinai. At the very bottom of the Sinai Peninsula, there's a monastery that's been there since about the year 550. Wow. And at the time it was founded, this was an icon of Christ that was painted um, that is still there at that monastery. Hmm. So um, one of the reasons it's actually still in existence is that there was a big backlash against icons in the late 700s and 800s, partly because um, Muslims were attacking Christian cities and conquering Christian cities. And some of the imperial leadership said, wait, is God not protecting us because icons really are idols? Because that was one of the big accusations mm-hmm. that Muslims made against Christians. 
And so there was a split in the Christian world, in the Christian land of the East, about whether icons were good or bad. And uh, because the emperor was on the side of destroying icons, there aren't very many left that are earlier than the 8th century. Really? Um, they destroyed all the ones they could reach. They didn't reach the ones on Mount Sinai. They didn't reach the ones in the catacombs of Rome. Those wall paintings are also icons that have been preserved. If you're far enough away from the imperial center, your icons could be preserved. But it was a good question, because how do you know that this isn't idolatry? Yes. In an Orthodox church, you see people walk up to the icons and bow before them and kiss them. This was an important theological point to work out. And the decision was, at the, at the Seventh Ecumenical Council, the decision was that um, we offer to icons respect, honor, affection, just like you might you had a, a grandma that you loved and she's passed away and you keep her picture where you can see it. We feel that kind of affection toward the pictures that we see, the people we see in icons. I see. So affection, but not necessarily spiritual power? Um, there's spiritual power in the Lord, of course. And the icon is almost something that focuses your attention and you go through it. And, of course, growing up with religious paintings, John, you know, there would be uh, the, the Last Supper scene of the Vinci or the, the Head of Christ by Holden. Yes. Um, there are favorite images that Protestants and Catholics preserved. And if you love those images, it made you love the Lord. You felt like you were going through. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're called windows into heaven. Icons are windows into heaven. So you might feel a lot of love for the icon. Um, but it's because it represents to you the person that you love. I see. Okay, so Frederica, tell me about then the purpose in producing an icon. So it, when an artist is is painting or forming the icon, is it for the purpose of making an icon, or is it just a piece of art that later people assign that value to? It is for the purpose of making an icon. The process of making an icon is very deliberate, and... Um, and very extended. Uh, you start by putting down layers of gesso and linen on the on the wooden board, and um, many layers of that. And then, if you're really doing it the, by the ancient standards, you start painting with the very darkest colors, and you gradually move up to the lightest colors, which is not the way most people would paint a painting. You'd like paint this corner and then that corner, um, but it it has a symbolic way of moving from darkness to light. So it's, um, it's also something that um, you, you asked about, are there like famous iconographers? Most of the time, icons are meant to be unsigned, and the artist wants to be forgotten. He wants to be totally transparent so that it's only your engagement with the Lord, with this, this story from the Bible that you love so much, and the artist steps away. Again, that's totally the opposite of what we expect today. Right. So, Frederica, uh, can you reveal your, your house, the rooms in your house? Are, are there several icons in your life? Oh, yes. Yes, we've got, um, we've got icons scattered throughout our house everywhere. Really? That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, you start out usually with one or two. And um, in every Orthodox home, there's a corner they call the icon corner. Usually the, the first wall you would see when you walk into the living room. 
and in a corner there, or on a, doesn't have to be a corner, on a stretch of wall, you would put up first an icon of Christ to the right and an icon of the Virgin Mary to the left, because the psalm says, on your right hand stands the queen. So, so the mother of Christ stands beside him on his right. And then you start just adding all kinds of icons around that, from your favorite Bible stories, um, from the same saint who has your first name. You kind of build a relationship with them. Interesting. But the veil between this life and the next becomes very porous. As it says in um, Hebrews 12, we're surrounded by a great mm-hmm. cloud of witnesses. Right. The icons make those witnesses visible, and you can actually develop a relationship, um, a, a sense of a closeness to the person. Okay, now wait a minute. Now I have to back up. So how are you doing, are you developing a close relationship to the piece of art? Mm, um, no, actually, well, yes, there is that. I mean, you, you do come to love a portrait or something. Yes, like sure, that. sure. Yeah, I've done that. Um, but you have, a lo- you have a relationship as well with the person, which is the whole reason you love the portrait. And um, I, I think all three of us know, and I hope most, of, most listeners know, what it is to have a relationship with Christ. Mm. That maybe not all the time, but sometimes you can sense his presence or... You hear his direction inside, um, and you have that companionship, so you're never alone. It's the most wonderful thing, the most wonderful thing in the world, is to sense that presence. Um, in the Orthodox Church in time, I, and I think this is common for Orthodox, it's like the fog begins to recede, and you realize there really is a great cloud of witnesses around the Lord. Mm-hmm. And they become your friends and your prayer partners, just like your prayer partners on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't try to talk to them or stage conversations because that's necromancy and that gets creepy. Um, but you can say as if to your big sister, you know, my, my, my patron saint is St. Felicity, who was sacrificed in the Roman persecution in the year 202. So I can say to St. Felicity, Please pray for me about this. I don't expect a message back from her. Um, but with some of my favorite saints, sometimes I sense that they're with me, especially if I'm in a church and I'm near their egg. And maybe it's the accumulation of so many people praying and speaking to that person right there. Um, something begins to almost take shape in the form, in the fog, and um, they're there as well. This is one of the things that seems so weird about orthodoxy and so wonderful once you're in it, mm-hmm. because you realize that there's just so much more love. Like if you met a friend and you really, really liked him and you went to his house for dinner and you met his mom and his mom was so great and it just added to your love for your friend. Mm, I get it. Yeah, it I can see that. Yeah, I like that. Frederica Matthews Green's talking to us, wide-ranging author and movie reviewer and writer and a monthly guest on our show. So, Frederica, how do you um, – I mean, I think you've already explained this to us, but I guess a more direct question is what happens when someone says, well, you shouldn't be worshiping images um, mm-hmm. that's forbidden in the Bible, and what you're doing seems awfully close to that to me? Yes, yes, that was, I think that was a very legitimate question. Um, and it was, it, as I said, it threw the, threw the whole church into turmoil, and there was a lot of bloodshed um, as the, the empire tried to enforce its forbidding of icons. 
the it was St. John of Damascus, who was a brilliant early writer, who formulated the reason the reasoning behind the right use of icons. And perhaps it's right that happened because it needed to be spelled out. I'm sure it would be easy to have excesses and to think in magical terms. What St. John of Damascus said was we have two words. Um, one is latria, which means honor and respect, like you would, the governor of the province comes through, you know, you treat him with respect. And the other is proskinesis, which means worship. Proskinesis can only be offered to God, to no one else. But we do show honor. As we honor the, the governor, we would honor a great saint who lived in ages past. And we see the icon as a window. Um, that we can look through, in a sense, and, and contact, the, or reach out to them, I would say. Uh, it's different than a statue. You know, you have a different emotional reaction mm-hmm. to a picture because it is like a window. You, know, you don't know how far away they are. The background is all gold. There's no shadows. They're in paradise. And there's something more evocative of, of awe and wonder and honor than with a statue, which you can surround the statue, and many times it's smaller than you are. Um, I think a statue is more capable of becoming a magical object, that uh, the icon has a little bit of an advantage in that way. Fabulous. Frederica, this is just purely a, a commercial question. Years ago, I was in Russia, and of course, I was able to visit uh, several uh, churches and cathedrals and just fell in love with the icons. And... Um, I went at some point and, and bought, you know, like a, a really cheap reproduction of an icon. So, uh, I mean, it's not like you can go into a store like Icons or Us and, and buy an icon. So uh, what does that look like, you know, the the, uh, the buying and the selling? Sure. Um, there are often paper copies of icons, famous icons perhaps, that are in a, in a factory setting are laminated to wooden plaques and then made for sale. This is often done by monasteries. So if you go online, you can look at an address like uh, skeet.com, S-K-E-T-E. Skeet is a small monastery. Mm -hmm. So skeet.com has a very extensive array of icons, any one you can think of, and then they'll have it in three or four sizes. And the prices are pretty reasonable. I'll tell you what I do, and this is my task for this afternoon. Um, my youngest grandchild is named for the Saint Nectarios, um, not a very commonly used name. Hmm. And uh, so I printed out an icon of Saint Nectarios, and I have a board, and I'm going to use some clear varnish. And I will just take this icon that I printed out of my computer and um, basically decoupage it to a wooden board. Hmm. So that's an easy and very cheap way to quote, unquote, make icons. I see. Fabulous. Wow. Well, thanks, Federico. Yeah, you know, we, we really knew nothing helpful. about this, and so really uh, uh, helpful to have this information. Good talking to you guys. Always a pleasure. Frederica Matthews-Green, she's the author of one of our favorite books called The Jesus Prayer. Uh, you can find more about information about Frederica online.
important bulletin regarding the secret tech stock that everyone is suddenly talking about. The tech stock is set to create 50,000 new jobs right here in America. Donald Trump himself called what they're doing the eighth wonder of the world. And the company is collecting billions from the tech giants, including over $30 billion just from Apple, Nokia, and Microsoft. Yet here's the most intriguing part. This $3 stock trades under a secret name. Just go to OneStockRetirementNow.com to get the whole story. Hey, this week, TBN, the largest Christian television network in the world, launches its first daily TV show made particularly for women. Better Together is what it's called, and it features different faces and different voices each day. You'll see Christine Kane, Laurie Crouch, Victoria Osteen, Carrie Job, Lisa Harper, and others, all in conversation about things that matter to women. I'm not talking makeup tutorials or room renos. You're going to see and hear women talking about heart issues, friendship, identity, social media, intimacy with God, kids, family, how to hear God's voice. It'll be women talking together about the things you want to talk about, too. So don't miss it. TBN's Better Together, coming up April 22nd. Buying locally made products is a simple act that can have a tremendous impact on a local economy. Since our company was founded nearly 30 years ago, the Original Mattress Factory has offered quality mattresses that are hand-built in our own factories and sold directly to you. Plus, we're not just locally made. We are also locally owned by our employees who live, work, and play in the same communities as you. So stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the difference local makes for yourself. Right here in Pittsburgh. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Considering a college transfer? Then consider Geneva College to complete your bachelor's degree. Geneva offers a Christian perspective and more than 115 majors and programs to help students prepare for their life's work. Go to geneva.edu slash transfer today. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes app store. As Christians, we're called to take the gospel to others. And medicine gives the opportunity to provide both physical and spiritual health. This is Dr. David Stevens of the Christian Medical Association. If you're a doctor, dentist, nurse, medical student, or other healthcare professional who's interested in using your skills to share the good news in this country or around the world, check us out at cmda.org. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. Cape Cod is expecting some unwanted visitors this summer, John. Oh, do tell. 
I didn't hear anything about this. I can't believe this hasn't been news down here. But the Massachusetts vacation destination, known for its beautiful beaches and, of course, the Kennedys, has become a global hotspot for great white sharks. Really? Now, listen. A white shark killed a 26-year-old boogie boarder off of Wellfleet, Massachusetts in September marking the area's first shark fatality in 82 years. Hmm. But a month earlier, a shark seriously injured a swimmer, and shark sightings prompted the Cape Cod National Seashore to ban people from entering the water 28 different days last year. That's a lot. This right? has to be serious because you don't want to mess with your tourist dollars. Which is scaring exactly people away. what's happening to people who live in Cape Cod, right? Turn that off. I mean, I'm starting to I get anxious just blood hearing that. pressure. John Williams continues to... Scare the heck out of us. Some residents have formed a nonprofit called the Cape Cod Ocean Community Incorporated in an effort to find something that's going to keep the sharks away because they feel like authorities aren't acting quickly enough. Well, what are you going to do? They Put say, quote, there's a great fear, especially on the Outer Cape, that people won't come to the Cape anymore for vacations, says Wendy Northcross, chief executive of the region's Chamber of Commerce. I'm reading from uh, John Camp's article in the Wall Street Journal. Um, so the authorities are stepping up emergency response efforts for the summer but that's post bite you know what i mean that's like after the fact so this is what they're doing emergency call boxes okay to make up for spotty cell service Mm -hmm. upgrading signage to warn swimmers about sharks and here's my favorite distributing safety kits with tourniquets to help treat traumatic bleeding like that's what you're doing you're thinking wow that's not going to help what can you do uh, the uh, tourists from coming either go in the water you stay out Okay, they're also exploring ways to decrease the chances of humans interacting with sharks at all. Okay, so they're looking at options ranging from seal contraception, because the reason that so many sharks are coming is because there are so many seals there. And the reason there are so many seals is because of an effort uh, on behalf of people to try to encourage wildlife. So it's just kind of come back to, no yeah, pun intended, sure, sure. bite people. Um, They've commissioned an independent review <laughs> to also look at drones scanning the water or constructing a rigid barrier or net. But the results of the study aren't expected until September. But listen to this. In August, New York neurologist William Litton, age 62, endured a roughly 30-second attack by a white shark while swimming off of a Truro, Massachusetts beach. He actually turned me over. He had a good grip on my thigh. He said, everybody's giving me excuses for why I got attacked, but there were no seals. It wasn't dawn or dusk. But Dr. Litton managed to swim to shore after hitting the shark in the gills, lacerating his hand in the process. He was airlifted to a Boston hospital, given 14 units of blood and wow. underwent 10 surgeries. Holy smokes. After a 30-second interaction yeah. with a great white shark. He's still recovering, and he said he was fortunate to keep his leg. He sure was, because you hear about shark attacks. People are killed or they lose limbs. Look, we're just visitors in the ocean. These guys That's live That's the there. bottom line, right? Right. Right. Seals and sharks are both native to the Cape. So both were hit hard by human hunting, um, but there are generations of Cape Codders because of all the hunting that are used to safe beaches. But now conservation efforts have been underway for a couple decades. Now both populations are surging. Now listen, this is my favorite part. I know I said the previous one was my favorite, but this is even better. Massachusetts officials are stressing safer swimming techniques. Do you want to know what they are? Yeah, yeah. Staying away from seals. Okay. Staying in shallow water. Yep. And avoiding splashing. Oh, splashing. Splashing would, now, would rile the, the sharks up. It gets it might, it might attract sharks. All now, right. <clears throat> what kind of swimming do you do that does not include splashing? 
Well, when I go in the ocean, generally I'll go out, you know, up to my neck, you know, my top of my head sticking out of the water, and I hang out, you know, in the what I would consider a deeper part. Right. I'm you, not you in don't the shallows. Splash? No. What no. do you mean you don't splash? That doesn't sound like much fun. No, I'm just kind of bobbing. You need to out be there. splashing. Boop, 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 boop. That's why you swim. It's because of all what? the splashing. What? I'm not swimming. I'm just kind of hanging out. You are. I feel so sad for you. What, I'm going in the ocean to splash? I don't feel like you're having a good enough time. If I was in a pool, I might splash, but not in the ocean. I'm just saying. WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. There was a strong jobs report from the Labor Department this morning. It showed employers added a robust 263,000 jobs, and the unemployment rate fell to a five-decade low of 3.6%. President Trump says the latest jobs report shows a raging economy. The economy is unbelievable. Uh, We're at 3.6% unemployment. That's the lowest number since 1969. The April U.S. jobs report from the Labor Department shows that solid economic growth is still encouraging strong hiring nearly a decade into the recovery from the Great Recession. And Wall Street liked what it heard. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up by 130 points to close at 26,438. The Nasdaq Composite Index rose by 92 points. The S&P 500 advanced 21. And crude oil up 13 cents. It closed at $61.94 a barrel. This is SRN News. Are you overwhelmed, unable to think clearly or sleep well at night? Or just trudging through each day but not really enjoying your life? I'm a counselor with Faithful Counseling. And that feeling of distress can sometimes be because you're wrestling with a problem that seems too big or too impossible to overcome. Other times, people are consumed by a past hurt. I'm part of a network of Christian counselors, fellow believers, trusted therapists who share your faith. We want to give you a free week so you can try us out. You can begin a conversation with one of us by text or phone, even video conferencing today. Are you ready to shake this off and begin enjoying your life? If it's not for you, cancel during your first week and you'll not pay a dime. Go to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. It's time to talk to someone who can help. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. It's so easy to get started and your first week is free. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. In general, I'm a win-win guy. When I have to spend hours searching for the right part, it's lose-lose. It's time lost for me and lost time for my crew. That's why I order from Granger, with product experts that have the answers to my toughest questions and easy-to-use website to help me find the right product quickly. I can rely on Granger to make getting supplies for my business as simple and seamless as possible. When it comes to getting things done, it's a win-win when Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail? Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone? Uh, I'm away right now, (laughs) obviously. Uh, Leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or something a little more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper. Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial 1. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper. 
the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Ever searched for a new job? It's much harder to find a job when you're between jobs than when you're at the top of your game. It's the same in times of crisis. Lack of preparation makes it harder, and it takes longer to recover. As a Christian, it's your job to be ready for crisis. Start your free online training now at ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org. You don't need it today, but when you do, the payoff is matchless. A message from ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org. Mostly cloudy this evening with a few showers and thunderstorms around here early on. The low tonight will be 52, and those mostly cloudy skies will continue into tomorrow when some rain will be possible during the afternoon. The high will be 65. Periods of rain will continue into tomorrow night and early Sunday morning. However, the clouds will break up Sunday afternoon, allowing for a little more sunshine and a high of 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Derek Witt. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Happy to be along on this Friday afternoon, the uh, the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you. It's finally spring. I'm totally happy. John. Excellent. I see that you're wearing your Adidas uh, new running shoes. That's because I have a lot to do today. Oh, I thought it was because you were going to run the marathon. Do you know me? Yeah. You don't like to sweat. It's not... That's unfair. No, okay, I don't, <laughs> you have no, said right. that. No, you're right. I don't like to okay. sweat. But I will sweat, but certainly never for running. Yeah. Never, ever for Seriously, there Seriously, I would pay to see you wear a little, uh, like, sort of Olivia Newton-John headband mm-hmm. and running by me, mm-hmm, right. mile number 25 in the sure, marathon. Sure, sure. I'd, well, I'd I mean, be wearing, like, some, kind of, some type of skin-tight outfit, like, like a pink top and a blue bottom as I was, you know, singing Let's Get Physical. Nice. Mm-hmm. Although, at mile 25... Wouldn't be feeling no, too good. No, no, no. I'm That's not right. running. I'm not running. I'm, no. I salute everyone who's going to run the marathon oh, on Sunday. Gracious. Good for you. I cheer you on. I think it's terrific. Yeah. But actually, I was thinking more about tomorrow because it's your birthday. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow's my birthday. May the 4th mm-hmm. be with you. It's very exciting. Now, because it's your birthday yeah. and because it's a Friday and we like to do fun thing, I've brought a treat. Hey, what do you have? I've brought a treat with it. A now, birthday? Now, Mike, you have it too. You have to open up your bag. Oh, my goodness gracious. Really? Wait, you got some. Do I do, is this coming my way? Hey, there's an orange vanilla Coke. Oh, hey, oh. All right. So now, love this now this so is much. a newish beverage to our area. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's been available in other parts of the states before. I don't now. think so. I think it's, it's the a orange rollout. vanilla Coke. Now, I, we crack so we, it? yeah. So I've never tasted this before. Mm. Now, you also, Mike, you can reach behind your monitor because there are salted peanuts there also. Because, oh, yeah. that is so yeah. nice. I'll do some of those. Okay, so we're going to have a little bit of this. This is yeah. this is in honor of, of John's birthday mm. tomorrow. Okay, so we're going to have a are little you snack the peanuts here. In the Coke? No, I'm just people taking. do that. You know. Ew. Oh, really? People do. That's a thing. In it's the a southern thing. 
Oh, you know that? Oh, yeah. That's okay. Mm. Here we go. Okay, I'm, I'm trying it for the first time. Here we go. Lovely. Mm. I like it. Oh, that's delicious. Isn't that good? That's really good. It is like a creamsicle. Yeah, exactly. You got a lot oh, going on there. Well, that's really, really good. Kudos to Coca-Cola, the orange vanilla. That's the perfect blend of orange <sighs> and vanilla and Coke. Mm. Isn't that good? Oh, it's good with yeah, peanuts. It's very good. Mm. Very good. Wow, thanks to the Coca-Cola company. Mm, very nice. Happy Thank you. Thank you for the, John. I really appreciate that. John, we salute you on your birthday tomorrow. Uh, I think so. I like to be saluted. Mm. Well, not really, but I, I'm happy to have a vanilla Coke. 29 years young. That's right. 29 and a half. Oh, okay. and, and speaking of 29 and a half, mm-hmm. Mike, we also salute you and Mrs. New Mike on your anniversary. Yes. Tomorrow. Hey, very nice Thank to you. Thank you very much. How, how many years of marital fidelity? Five years. Five whole Five years. Five years. Wait, you were Five robbing years. the cradle there. I was. I mean, what the heck? I sure was. Mm. Holy smokes. You and the missus. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) This is such a good beverage. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe it's the perfect time for me to tell you, John. Tell me what? Your weekend has begun. Woo-hoo, yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Neato. Very nice. It's a little bit after the 5 o'clock hour. Truly all is right and well, at least in this corner of the world. Very okay, nice. we need to step away so we can have more of this orange mm-hmm. vanilla Coke and these lightly salted cocktail penis. But when we come back, mm-hmm. I have an interesting uh, story to share with you. Just found online yesterday a list of all 50 states in America. Yeah. And the favorite non-alcoholic beverage in each one. Oh. What, hmm. Are there orange vanilla Cokes on that list? There is not one orange vanilla Coke mentioned, but I think it's too soon. Maybe I next year. Can, I don't Way too new. Okay, good. Okay, look at uh, beverages. That's straight ahead here on a Friday edition of The Ride Home. Stay with us. Hey, every Friday afternoon, we are always happy to check in with Marsha from the Spring House. It always makes me hungry, Marsha, when you talk about what's going on. How are things with you today? Good, really good. We're crazy busy, which is wonderfully fun. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, what's going on? Anything special we should think of? Yes, Mother's Day is coming up before we know it. It's in like nine days. So we are already planning for Mother's Day how we're going to get those dozens and dozens and dozens of eggs cooked and chopped for macaroni salad. And we're ordering the chicken and getting the barbecue pit all cleaned out and ready to go. So we have our Mother's Day chicken barbecue every year on Mother's Day since I was like 12 years old. We've done this. When I was a little girl, my mom said, I don't want a present. I just want all five of you to come help me serve all these customers. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good mom. That's right. She trained us early. So anyway, we have a we have a lot of fun. My my son and Sam's sons will be out there cooking the barbecue chicken all day long on the open pit with our secret butter vinegar sauce, and we'll have all kinds of yummy sides to go with it. Oodles of desserts. It's one price, sixteen ninety nine. Includes drinks, desserts, the works, pretty much all you can eat, and um, we'll have live music all day too. Free cones for all the moms. It's a good thing to put in your schedule. Nice, great food done well, Marcia or. Reservations necessary? No, no reservations. And we'll have we'll have a line. We usually do, but we'll have extra tables and chairs in the store and we'll have we have a tent and we'll have um tables with tablecloths out there under the tent. Too. Outstanding. Listen, the food is fantastic. The hospitality is out of this world. You love your mom. Take her to the Spring House for Mother's Day next Sunday. Look online for more details. Springhousemarket.com. 101.5 W O R D. 
Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com, on ChristianRadio.com, on the next Radio FM chip. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Does Christian education mean less opportunity for your child in areas like the arts? At Trinity Christian School, it actually means more. With two theatrical productions each year and a musical every other year, plus choir and band starting in fourth and fifth grade, led by accomplished teachers like David Minifield of Saltworks Theater and band director Joe Petron of the McKeesport Symphony and Duquesne University. Opportunity awaits at Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Hi, this is Tud Shulkin. Join me and head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Steelers players, Vance McDonald and Stefan Tewitt, and pastors Brian Loretz and Ed Glover for Man Up Pittsburgh on Saturday, June 8th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Man Up is a day for all men to work on becoming the best godly leaders they can be. There'll be free food, fellowship, worship, powerful messages, and dynamic breakout sessions. From high schoolers to grandfathers, this is for you. Register today at manuppittsburgh.org. Hosted by Urban Impact and brought to you locally by Chick-fil-A of Pittsburgh. She's coming to the Pittsburgh East Campus of Amplify Church. It's an evening with Amy Grant. A night of inspiration, stories, songs, and more tomorrow night. Tickets are going fast at itickets.com. Don't miss an evening with Amy Grant. Tomorrow night at the Pittsburgh East Campus of Amplify Church. On sale now. She's nine years old with curly brown hair. She watches out her window, just waiting for a family to love her. Maybe you're the one called to adopt her. Or maybe you aren't. Maybe you're the one called to help the family who does. Adopting is a tough time of transition and sometimes trauma, but there are ways you can help. Do yard work, cook some meals, or help around the house. Offer mom and dad a date night. Maybe you can be a mentor or friend to the newly adopted child. Just some ideas to get you started. Maybe you aren't called to adopt, but you can help those who do. Pray and see what God shows you. You could be part of adoption in a whole new way. Go to icareaboutorphans.org for more ideas. icareaboutorphans.org. A message from Focus on the Family. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for joining us for the Friday edition of The Ride Home. Uh, before the break, uh, Kath brought Mike and I uh, a new treat. We've all been enjoying an orange vanilla Coca-Cola. Oh, my gosh. Is it good? It's really, mm. really good. A really, really. It tastes like, it, it, it's like a creamsicle. It is, it? Like a, it is the perfect thing. Cream, you'd think that why would you want to mix a creamsicle with Coke? But once you taste it, you're going to be so glad. Yeah. It's really delicious. Love it. When's the last time you had a, like a creamsicle, like a real creamsicle? Mm. Don't you love those? I think I was like 11. I think Haagen-Dazs makes creamsicle ice cream. Oh, I, let me guess that that's spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Of I've course had that. it is. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All okay. right. So I came across this article on uh, msnlifestyle.com yesterday, and it talked about the fact that people are increasingly looking for beverages that aren't alcoholic. 
Okay. Alcohol obviously complicates a lot of things. <laughs> you think. <laughs> is that is that the, the most benign way I could say that? Newsflash. Yeah. Uh, but also, people are looking to, to be more healthy and to perhaps lose weight. And we know that alcohol keeps weight on. Yeah, but right? if you're drinking a bunch of sugar, I mean, that's not... All, all I'm saying is that this is what the Lifestyle article said, is that people are looking for other options. Okay, yeah. Okay. So... MSN Lifestyle did a little survey, right? Mm. They looked at certain drinks across the spectrum, all 50 states, looking at regional sodas and beverages, and they researched sales and agricultural data to come up with the top non-alcoholic drink in each state. Now, here's the thing. Coffee was excluded because... People drink coffee. Coffee runs the gamut. They they, they didn't think that would be descriptive enough. And so how did they come up with this? Okay. So they looked at regional sodas and beverages. They researched sales of them and also agricultural data as to what was actually produced in the state and what was drunk in the state based on what was grown there. Oh, okay. All right, good. Okay. Very nice. So do you have a list of all 50? Yeah, so I have, I have a list of all 50. Okay. Now, of course, we don't want to talk about all 50, but right, if you right. want to shout out a couple states that you think you'd want to know about. Yeah, I, um, I'd, be, I'd be curious about uh, the weirdest state to me in the union is Alaska, mm-hmm. because few people, of course, are from Alaska, but it attracts an odd group, wouldn't you think? Yes, especially yeah. when you look at Alaska and you see, this is really weird. Do you know that more people disappear in Alaska than in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yeah, I have no, there's actually no reason some, not to believe th- that. There, there's a lot of conversation about why this is. Like, is there something, you know, the concern about the Bermuda Triangle is that there was something uh, yeah. supernatural or uh, something science-based that we didn't understand that happens in the Bermuda Triangle that causes weird right, things like to occur. like a magnetic, like a black hole. They're thinking it's a similar thing in Alaska. No, I just think it's people who are in the fringes of society who just disappear. Well, that might be too. Who walk into the wilderness. Well, okay. If they call and ask you about it, that's what you can say. That's what I would say. I've been telling you people are looking into it. Okay. Pepsi. (laughs) Wait. You know why? The favorite drink in Alaska is a Pepsi? Listen, the Pepsi-Cola Bottling Company of Alaska was founded in 1905 in Anchorage. Holy smokes. Can you believe that? No. 1905 in Pepsi. Isn't that I had no weird? idea. Yeah, that's huh. true. So they were a local employer, mm-hmm. right, that uh, whetted the appetite and found their way into the, exactly. uh, the pocketbook and the uh, the taste buds. Now, the only other major soda that's that's listed that is associated with the state is in Georgia, because that's where Coca-Cola of was course. founded in right. Atlanta, right? That's, where the, that's where the headquarters is, and that's where the Coke Museum is. And by the way, if you ever go to Atlanta, you have got to go to that Coke Museum because you will lose your mind. It is so awesome. Nice. Um, how about, uh, let me see. Oh, this is interesting. So we're looking at this in alphabetical order. How about the, um, the grapeette from Arkansas? Oh, isn't that weird? Yeah. Okay. So grapeette, there are a couple grape sodas that made it on this list. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a grape soda. I don't know. I must've been in high school last time I had a grape soda. Yeah, me, oh, uh, no, that's not true. You know why? Hmm. I had a grape soda in Maine. Really? A couple summers ago. And I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute soda. when we get to Maine. I like but a like, grape soda. Look, I like a grape soda. Anyway, Arkansas, it's called Grapeette. It began in Camden, Arkansas, 1938, where Benjamin Tyndall Fuchs spent a year formulating what would become the southern state's most beloved pop. Grapeette. The Grapeette. I wonder, no, so as we go through this list, wouldn't it be nice if we had like a local place we could stop by and say, give me a bottle or two of Grapeette? 
You know, you know, I wonder if there's like What, do you think there is one? I don't know. I mean, years ago, my, my boys and I went down to the south side. There's a, um, a candy store down there that sells all this, you know, weird sort of funny candy. And they also have a, a, um, a soda section as well. So I, maybe they sell something like this. Well, some of the sodas that I have seen in, you know, what I might call specialty stores like that yeah. are actually listed on here. Like, for example, okay. um, New Jersey, Boylan's is the most popular beverage in New Jersey. You know hmm. Boylan's? No. Yeah, you yeah, you do. You would recognize the bottle if you saw it. Really? It's like a it's would be like a specialty soda, but they're really retro design. Oh, is it red and white? On the that... label? No, it's just white. Okay. So you can see the color of the soda and then the label is in white. I see. Anyway, okay. they're delicious. Really? Yeah. They, root beer, orange, black cherry, ginger ale, cream soda. Interesting. Boylan's. That's the one in New Jersey. Okay. What about Hawaii and their pineapple juice? Now, I like pineapple juice. I like pineapple juice in really, really small quantities. It's very tart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what I think is funny is the reason it's their, it's their uh, beverage is that the two main things that are in it are their two main crops. Pineapples and sugar cane. Right, and sugar cane. That makes sense. So yeah. that makes it pretty straightforward. Uh-huh. Now, Florida, it doesn't surprise you that it's orange juice. Florida, no, of course. Right, of course. No, no, no. Right. Uh-huh. Okay, I got to go to Maine. So I was there a couple um, Maine, okay. a year ago in the summer, oh. and they have a drink called Moxie, okay, which is a carbonated gentian root flavored beverage now have you ever heard of gentian root no no me neither it's been the official state drink since 2005 but they said it's been in maine forever now this is a this is my good friend who's lived in maine for decades and decades and decades it is the single grossest thing i've ever tasted there is there is app there's actual medication which tastes better than moxie It really? is that gross. And my friends, they, like they in got Maine. it for me and they were all excited for me to drink it because they despise it also. And they're always anxious to bring like unsuspecting <laughs> foreigners <laughs> to try the moxie. It's very much like Maine, isn't it? It is. The hardiness. It is nasty. You know what they say in Maine? Hmm. Are you from away? Oh. Which means are you from outside of yeah, Maine? Right. And you would, of course, they know that before they even ask Exactly. That. Anyway, moxie is horrible. Interesting. How about the... Um, Minnesota. Oh, Switchel. Switchel. Have you ever heard of Switchel? Never. Okay. Apparently, urban legend says farmers and sailors drank it, which is, they say, a, quote, hydrating elixir made of ginger, apple cider vinegar, and unrefined sweetener. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Nebraska could be my favorite. Nebraska. What's Nebraska? Where's that? Kool-Aid. <laughs> Wonder why? How can your state beverage be Kool Aid? Yeah. It's the official state beverage of Nebraska. Really? You are hurting if that is your state beverage. It sounds like someone who was, you know, a, a corporate thing. That's right? that's grotesque. Yeah, it is. But it's like it's voted on. Mm. I mean, I, I, do you guys? Oh, listen. As a kid, we loved Kool Aid. Yeah, we loved Kool Aid. Yeah, but once you like pass the age of twelve, yeah. But still. Did you guys drink it when you were little? Oh, yeah. Mike? All the time. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, Not anymore, though, obviously. But... How much sugar is in a pack of Kool-Aid? Well, the thing about Kool-Aid is you can decide how much sugar you, you put you in. You add, right. Right? That's why but They recommend moms probably and dads eight cups it. of sugar per That's awful. Per New Hampshire? New Hampshire. Oh, apple cider. I like apple cider. I love yeah. apple cider. Hard Apple pressed. cider is also very good for you. It has a lot of nutrients in mm, it. I bet it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, apple cider. So I'm really excited about that one. Okay, now we're, we're going to turn the page here. So before I look, I want you to tell me about... Pennsylvania. 
Uh, I have a guess. I haven't looked, but okay. I have a guess of what Pennsylvania's beverage may be. Okay. Um, this is something my dad used to make, uh, root beer. Um, like uh, we would get the elixir bottles, the Hires root beer, and he would put that in a big tub and water and sugar and stir it up, and then we would bottle it in the basement. I don't know that. You never knew that? No. I never told you the story of the root beer? No. We did that every summer. My dad, I mean, bottles and bottles and bottles of root beer. It was like this whole assembly line. I still have the gigantic, what, what are those things called? You know, the... Uh, Barrels. Yeah, like a barrel? Well, no. It's uh, like um, it's ceramic that, you know, the, the the mix goes into. You know, you see them in the antique stores. They're, it's big. Okay. And Would you make beer in it, you're saying? No, you know, it was just, it was the family root beer container. No, but I'm saying the containers. Would other people make, like, how would I? I guess. I don't know. It was like one of those sort of catch-alls of America from a different era. You've seen it in my house, probably. It's right right next to my piano. Really? I don't know how I missed this. Anyway, my dad, the family, would make root beer, and then they would bottle it in these green bottles, and then we had a capper, which I still have, little gold caps. They would seal it with the caps, and they'd put it in the basement. Then often you'd have to let it sit and ferment for weeks because there was yeast involved. And then I remember this very clearly. We'd be like eating dinner, and you'd hear in the basement, <laughs> which meant there was an explosion of the root beer bottles in the basement, which they were. And pretty, the corks were popping off. The the bottle caps, yeah. So then you take it. So to open it up, like we'd go, oh, let's have some nice root beer. We'd have to take it outside in the yard because sometimes. <laughs> so it wouldn't wreck the kitchen. Oh, my gosh. That stuff would go flying all over the place. But it was super delicious. Super delicious. We made it once in our family, but just one time because we didn't have the um, the green bottles. So we had to use old Coke bottles, you know, the plastic things. Right, right, right. I've never heard of that. Oh, is there just a, a great family assembly line? Well, the bad news is that's not the drink in Pennsylvania. Wait, wait. The drink in Pennsylvania is something that never a single time have I heard of. What? Wait, let me see it. Uh, oh, it's birch beer. Well, it's called A-Treat. A-Treat? Have you ever heard of that, never, Mike? Never. never A-Treat. It's made in Allentown. Huh. Orange cream. Wait, is it? Sorry, is it? Is it a yellow? Yes. I've never yellow, heard of this. Uh, yes. Glass bottle? Yes. Yes. What? I, I've tried it. I've tried it. Really? It's disgusting. Is it really? I think it's gross. Okay, so how have we never heard of it? So is it when you were out in Lancaster or York? Actually, uh, out in Valley Forge. Okay, got it. Uh, one of my roommates had, had a case of it. Really? Okay, and well, that's was, apparently that's... that's he said, no. try this. I, it was horrible. Okay, now how can that be the most popular uh, drink see, in Pennsylvania? I don't think I so. Right. That's, I mean, I nobody's right. asking us that. Okay, now look, so something's, it's a skewered everything that's here. Right. I don't so now trust I don't, this. I don't want to read about Tennessee's fruit tea after that. No, was, okay, if you were going to nominate something like uh, the most popular beverage yeah. in Pennsylvania. I would say root beer. I would say Cherokee Red, which is a great Why nomination. Why Cherokee Red? It's like every... Every Fourth of July picnic that I would go to, they would have it. That's really? a good, and that I, I never, I've never seen that when I've traveled anywhere else. Really? No, wait, when I grew up in Swissville, you know, we had our own uh, soda pop in Swissville. Really, Regent Pop, Regent Pop, as oh, in Regent Square? No, it was just the bottler was Regent Pop, and we would get that stuff. You know, for special occasions, you'd buy a case of Regent Pop. Believe me, any person in Swissville of a certain age, they always had Regent Pop in their basement, ready to go. Mm. Region pop. Really? Oh yeah, we have made our own. Okay, so so what? You're nominating Cherokee Red. I'm I'm nominating Region Pop. Okay, I'm I'm mean, I'm good with either one of them. I'm just not good with what's mm-hmm. this thing called? A what's it called? What the the Pennsylvania drink? This A treat. Oh, A treat. Not doing no, no. that. Not doing that. How about Rhode Island? Look at that. 
Yacht yacht club soda. Oh okay, my now, goodness! What's the what are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, give me the average income of the person <laughs> oh, in the, Rhode Island. The yacht they club have yacht soda. Club we got region pop soda. in Swissvale. They got yacht club. <laughs> Spare me. How about in Michigan, Fago? Oh yeah, I like Fago. It's made in Detroit. Yeah, they're big into Fago. Very good. And also Maryland Shasta Cola. Shasta. Did you know that was from Maryland? I did not. I didn't either. And I like the Shasta. Wait, look at West Virginia. Oh, of course. Yahoo! It's Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. I love. I, mean, Ma- I still love Mountain Dew. See, I can't. No, I drank oh, so much of that in college to stay awake. That's good stuff. It's all over. What's well, oh, in a blue moon? Me too. Ohio. What's Ohio? Tomato juice. <laughs> tomato juice? Mm-hmm. I don't like tomato juice. Man, I love tomatoes. Do you like, I like V8? I love V8. Okay, now, how can you... Well, because... I mean, you're just, it's just tomato juice with stuff in it, It's got right? spice. It's, you know, a little kick to it. That's why I like it. I could have had a V8. You could have had a V8. Yeah. Okay, um, California. This one made me laugh. Cold-pressed juice. Now, is that not Cold emblematic? Cold-pressed juice. Cold. Yeah. No, Do see, you even know what that is? No. Okay, I didn't either. I had to look it up. Cold-pressed juice refers to juice that uses a hydraulic press to extract the juice from the fruit and vegetables, such as other methods like centrifugal or a single auger. Without pasturation, pasteurization or high-pressure processing, cold-pressed juices can be stored in a refrigerator for up to five days. It's huh. more expensive than other types of juices as they are made from 100% fruit and vegetables without any added ingredients. That's the way the Californians Very have to nice. Go. Well, it's California. So. But the whole thing is, you know, sort of uh, circumspect. Circumspe- I think it is. Circumspect, you mean? Yeah, circumspect. Right. <laughs> Circum- yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Uh-huh. I mean, okay. after a fashion. Have you guys ever tried this sort of drink? What? Perrier? Yeah, Perrier. Of course, if you were wait, alive wait, in wait, the wait, 80s. Whoa. Wait, did you say you have never tried Perrier? I, I tried it one time. I was, at, I was at Penn State Main Campus. Yeah. yeah. And I was at this German restaurant. Give me a Perrier. And the waiter asked me, you want a Perrier? I said, I don't know what that is, but I'll try it. I hated it. Okay, okay, now listen to me. I have a Perrier in my refrigerator at all times. Do you? I never, ever am without Perrier. Really? Never. Never. It's my, it's my, other than iced tea, it's my drink of choice. How do you, I mean, it's just, it's just carbonate, it's just spring water. I think it's an age thing. How do you not like it? I think it is an aging. Yeah, I mean, there's no sugar in it. I see, I don't know if this is routine or not, but my aunt. Mixes it with her Sprite. Oh, that's weird. What? Nothing yeah. against her aunt, really. Yeah. I no. don't know why she does it. But, but she thinks Sprite's too sweet. Clearly, yeah. she's trying to cut it. So Probably trying to dilute it, yeah. New Year's Eve, the party at our house, here's how wild things were. A friend of ours showed up with three cans of Perrier. Mm-hmm. That's when you know it's going to be a long night. Ooh, when you have to bring three. <laughs> and here's the deal. He never drank them. And he left them there. <laughs> and he right. left them there. It's probably a re-gift. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I drank them sometime in February. Did you squeeze a lime in there? Because that's delicious. No, I just had a just No, a you got to do it. All right. All hey, right. That was fun. So, yeah. So fun with beverages. John, it's the day before your birthday. So I thought happy we'd birthday. do something fun. Happy nice, birthday. Thank you. Mike, happy anniversary. Thank you. Very nice. And uh, I, here, cheers. We're, cheers. We're cheers. clinking our uh, orange vanilla Coke. Yeah. Thank you for your kindness and your generosity. All, All right. for a Friday afternoon on the ride home. It's a truth that Grove City College is known for its rigorous academics. However, my wife and I drove up to Grove City on Saturday night, and we were thrilled. We went to see my uh, son's men's glee club uh, presentation, uh, concert. It was a lot of fun. Mm. I mean, these are just students who love to sing, a bunch of guys, a bunch of geeky guys. I'll paraphrase that. I'll make sure I know that. Uh, and, And they were wonderful. It was this a cappella sound. Student-led. Yeah. Maybe 100 people watching. 
It started at 6.30, ended around 8. And as soon as that performance was over, the room was, okay, come on, there's a string quartet right behind you. Went out in the hall for a brief um, sort of a soiree. And the place is just swimming with music, sound. I love Grove City College. You think it's one thing, but it's lots of mosaics of other things. Yeah, because we've talked how many times about what the academics are like, the fact that students are called by vocation to be students for that four-year period, and that the faculty and administration are committed to helping them learn as much as possible. But it's not like it's all work. I mean, there are fun and games. You can look at athletics. You can look at their wonderful theater productions, the music that you saw. It's really good. Grove City College. If you're thinking about your kid and a quality education, you owe it to yourself and the nature of what lies ahead for the future to look at Grove City. Grove City Online, gcc.edu. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance to buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you all you need to do is call big lou at 800-444-2013 lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor call 800-444-2013 big lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford remember big lou's like you He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. It's Better Together, the exciting daily half-hour talk show by women and for women. It's good friends like Lori Crouch, Christine Kane, Carrie Job, Victoria Osteen, Lisa Harper, and many more. It's more than just a TV show. It's your daily destination for love, friendship, encouragement, and community. It's Better Together, 130 Eastern, 1030 Pacific, only on TBN. Text TOGETHER to 316-316 to join Join in. That's together to 316-316. We'll see you real soon. Mostly cloudy this evening with a few showers and thunderstorms around here early on. The low tonight will be 52, and those mostly cloudy skies will continue into tomorrow when some rain will be possible during the afternoon. The high will be 65. Periods of rain will continue into tomorrow night and early Sunday morning. However, the clouds will break up Sunday afternoon, allowing for a little more sunshine and a high of 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Derek Witt. This is uh, today's Post-Gazette from Peter Smith, who's the Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter for the PG. The headline is, A Pastor's Confession of Notre Dame Fire Feelings Draw Ire. So uh, essentially what happened was that there was a a pastor in Catanning. He used his Easter sermon last month to confess a sinful thought. He said that he had hoped the accidental Holy Week fire at Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris had in fact been set by a Muslim terrorist so it would provide a backlash that would drive Muslims from France. Pastor Carl Johnson of St. John's Lutheran Church said his point was that his impulses were wrong. But his voicing of that wish has drawn criticism as his statement that France is lost due to a Muslim population boom that he said would lead to it becoming an Islamic nation. Quote, the intended point of my sermon was that I need Jesus. I need Jesus to forgive me for horrible thoughts, words, and deeds. 
Jesus teaches me to repay evil with good. The world teaches violence against our enemies. My confession was meant to say that only through Christ do I have any chance of getting it Mm -hmm. right. Now, his sermon remarks were picked up by Keystone Crossroads, which is a public radio reporting collaborative. And he says, he goes on to say this, I was hoping that it was Muslim terrorists so that hopefully there would be a violent purge of Muslims from France, he said in the sermon. I wanted that because France is lost. He was saying that Muslim, the Muslim birth rate is higher than average in France. But he then said that in the sermon that his violent wish was sinful. Pastor Johnson's congregation is part of the conservative North American Lutheran Church, which also lists Reverend Johnson as dean of its mid-Northeast Mission District. Pastor, Pastor Johnson said his confession of an absolute horrible thought has been misconstrued as a statement of my belief. Confession, he says, by its very nature is a statement of this is wrong. Andrew Fuller, a spokesperson for the North American Lutheran Church, said in a statement that critics are taking a short soundbite without listening to the entire sermon. Pastor Johnson began the sermon by making confession regarding evil thoughts, hatred, and prejudice following the fire at Notre Dame. He was making the point of how easy it is for people to connect pieces of information and come to conclusions and thoughts that are unjust and evil, but he then establishes that it is wrong for us to do. I think it's fascinating. I think it's an absolute shame. I think it's a shame that this wouldn't be celebrated. I'm not surprised, but I think it's a shame that it's not celebrated. Look, if we're going to jump all over each other for when we're confessing something that we feel or think because we know it's wrong, there is no hope for society or culture. There isn't. So I wonder if the soundbite included the first... Uh, mention that this, in fact, was a confession, not a hope or a desire. Right. Or it didn't include the end where he said this is a sinful thought. Right. I well, mean, look how many times we've seen that. Look at the the disaster with the Covington High School kids in Washington, right, D.C. Right. at the March for Life. Right. We saw a, a, a very small video clip of that. The entire country, half of the world responded to that and said, that kid is a crazy. jerk. He's entitled. We can't stand anything about him and his Make America Great Again hat. And then 24 hours later, the three of us are sitting around your computer watching the whole thing unfold in the two hour video clip was totally different seeing it in context right the intended point of my sermon was that i need jesus i need jesus to forgive me for horrible thoughts words and deeds amen now listen hello confess your sins one to another we're that's what we're supposed to do right we're not supposed to act like we never have sinful thoughts so i'm curious the soundbite came from whom someone's running a recorded piece well most I wouldn't say most, but a lot of pastors have their their sermon podcast. Right. That's right. Okay. Well, I mean, for an Easter sermon, that's a powerful sermon. It's a powerful sermon. I mean, when you hear someone get up in front of your church, maybe I should just speak for myself. And confess? When someone gets up in front of my church and confesses, that makes me believe anew in the power of the gospel. Amen. Because it's not about us. It's not about our own strength. It's not about about our moral capability or our own righteousness. We're proclaiming the fact that we're fallen and he's not. Yes. That's why we go. That's why we worship. That's why God is different than we are. Yep. 
So if you want to see the full article, check out uh, today's PG online. Peter Smith, uh, who really we are so fortunate to have here in the city of Pittsburgh as the religion writer for the Post-Gazette. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, no negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. Hi, this is Todd Shilkin. Join me and head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Steelers players Vance McDonald and Stefan Tuit, and pastors Brian Loritz and Ed Glover for Man Up Pittsburgh on Saturday, June 8th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Man Up is a day for all men to work on becoming the best godly leaders they can be. There'll be free food, fellowship, worship, powerful messages, and dynamic breakout sessions. From high schoolers to grandfathers, this is for you. Register today at manuppittsburgh.org. Hosted by Urban Impact and brought to you locally by Chick-fil-A of Pittsburgh. We talk about, oh, we're thematic, we're integrated. But what that means at Jubilee is very different. Jubilee Christian School Principal April Eisman on their award-winning integrated curriculum. The scripture is infused in everything. Science, math, English. It's not, okay, we're going to have Bible class and then we're going to go have science. Everything is infused with the scripture. Not only that, but it's thematic. And that is very hard to do. You can't go and buy this curriculum. I've never seen anything like it. Imagine, believe, achieve at Jubilee. Hi, this is Carrie. I'm so excited for May 5th. Why? Because it's Compassion Sunday. My family sponsored a child a couple of years ago on Compassion Sunday at our church, and it's been the best thing we have ever experienced. And I'm excited because I want you to have that same experience. Would you join us? Just go to Compassion.com slash Sunday to find a church near you that's hosting Compassion Sunday. That's Compassion.com slash Sunday. Dr. Tim Uhlhoff is with us. Tim is professor of communications at Biola University. He is the author of Winsome Persuasion, Christian Influence in a Post-Christian World. Tim, welcome back. How are you? Oh, it's great to be back. Always good. Hey, Tim, we talk a lot about communication because that's your specialty. Um, And so when we look around the world and we look at, you know, the recent violence at the synagogue um, in San Diego, and we we look at that in a long line of, you know, the, the, the... negativity, the angst, the heartbreak of what happened in New Zealand, what happened right here in Pittsburgh in our own synagogue. We look at violence and we think, okay, well, violence is one thing, but are we, I mean, are we fostering that type of atmosphere when we use such negativity in our language? What do you say? Well, I think absolutely that's true. You know, it's funny that the book of Proverbs prefigured all of this. Uh, Proverbs 18 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. But they're not equal psychologically. That's what's fascinating. I do a podcast called The Art of Relationships with a psychologist at Biola, 
And it's fascinating to listen to him talk about certain passages like life and death is in the power of the tongue, because he would note that we have what is called a negativity bias, which means we hear positive and negative, but we really latch on to the negative, and that can take years, decades for us to work past the negative. So here's one fascinating study to show that the negative bias actually exists. What if I gave you uh, $50 and then I took it away? What would you remember more, gaining the $50 or <laughs> losing the $50? That's funny. And the, the psychologist from Florida State University said people register when they hook them up to an MRI. It is losing the 50 that most registers uh, when they see brain waves. So we, we focus on what we lose. Mm -hmm. We focus on an insult rather than a compliment. Uh, people were shown images that would foster both negative, positive, and neutral uh, reactions from people. So uh, they registered that it was the negative images that really, really stayed with people. Oh. And so life and death is in the power of the tongue, but when uh, death is spoken, it takes a long time to counteract it. I see. So, Tim, if that's true, if we are hardwired for a negative bias, I guess my question is why? Why are we? I mean, what's happened to us evolutionary or creation-wise that dwells us towards negative instead of positive? Well, so it is, it is interesting, John, you mentioned the evolutionary aspect because that's what for sure these two studies would point to, that in early on with our ancestors, again, buying the theory of evolution, it was a pretty dangerous world. So you, you, you needed to have heightened uh, reaction to anything that was negative or threatening, and you needed to avoid it because it was literally life or death uh, circumstances. I, I think for us, in a fallen world, we're always, so from a biblical perspective, in a fallen world, we are, already have a deficit. Uh, we're made for perfect love, but we don't get it. We're made for divine affirmation, but that comes to us often in sketchy, different ways. And so we already have this God-shaped vacuum that Pascal would talk about. So I think when negative hits us, it just reinforces this um, deficit that we all walk around with, and even that deficit needs to be overcome with spiritual truth, but we get hit with the negativity all the time from work, um, from spiritual opposition, from the media, and stuff like that. So again, I think we have this fallen nature that is prone to latching on to the negative rather than the positive. Our guest is Dr. Tim Muehlhoff, professor of communication at Biola University. Tim, if that is true, what you're saying, then it makes me afraid to talk because if if that if if a uh, if I would say something negatively that would impact someone that I'm close with and it would be that long lasting, I, I mean, all of a sudden I feel like we need to be way more careful of what we say. But wait, if if I, if I already know that, if I if we know that we are hardwired toward the negative, then that knowledge would free us to um, to, to to strive to be more positive in some way, right? Well, so I think you're both right. I, I think the book of Proverbs would give a strong nod to these two studies and say, yeah, you better believe your mouth is a loaded gun. So be very careful where you aim it. I mean, be very careful the words you choose. And the, the book of Proverbs is complete with a, a, a word spoken in the wrong way can break a person's bone, can crush a person's spirit. That's what the book of Proverbs says. And I think the psychologist is latching on to that. But remember, we balance Scripture with Scripture. So Paul says to the church at Ephesus, I want you to speak truth, but I want you to do it in love. 
So, Kathy, I think it's with the attitude of, hey, I know what I'm going to say is hard right now, so I want to make sure that I'm softening it with also truth about you. Uh, the marriage isn't completely a wreck. You are not a worthless person. You're not a, um, a, an incompetent student. That, that's focusing on just weakness. I need to make sure that I also talk about the positives as I bring in the negatives, which brings me to John Gottman, the top relational expert in the world, who says a healthy relationship is built on a five-to-one ratio. He studied over 5,000 couples to come up with this. So five positive interactions can counteract a negative interaction, which makes a lot of sense in what these psychologists are saying. So I say something to you negative. I better make sure I have some positives that I'm ready to share as well because that negative is going to stick, and it takes five positive interactions to balance out or even con- uh, contradict or uh, take away that negative comment. Wow. Okay, so that what, if, what about the responsibility, though? Uh, you know, I'll flip it around. I was saying, you know, it makes me afraid to, to, to talk. Um, what about me as the recipient? If I recognize that that's my tendency, and we already know, looking around at society, that we are predisposed to be offended about everything. Yes. So are we making it worse for ourselves? I mean, do we as listeners and receivers need to say, okay, now wait a minute, I might be focusing on this and this might come at me hard, but I need to, you know, back up the bus a little bit and relax. Well, Kathy, that's a great point because, you know, we all know people who everything's negative. Everything I hear comes across as a negative. So now I'm in a, this great hole of like 20 negative comments and you're sitting there thinking, wait a minute, how did you take that as a negative? And and that's on you that you took it as such a negative, right? It's okay to critique each other. That's what we do in academia, or that's what we do when we run a radio station together. We offer input, but you might be so wired for different reasons that even input is seen as a negative. And I think we – so I do think we need to have a bit of a thicker skin, but we also need to – I deal with abused women at domestic violence shelters. I'm teaching them verbal and physical self-defense. So for those women, they need to have those five ready to go. If they're being told that they're worthless, they're ugly, they're stupid, they need to have five positives about themselves ready to go to counteract each negative. So I would say we all need to own how we receive negative input, but sometimes that negative input, what you guys led this segment with, is just plain wrong, abusive, harsh. And so we need to understand that when we share truth with each other, let's have a big picture in mind that a person is never just one thing. So are there five positives I can refer to as I speak the one negative? I see. So then, Tim, it doesn't really matter. Is that what you're saying? Where the positive reinforcement comes from, whether it's outside, whether it's family or friends or ourselves, our own self-talk. Yeah, absolutely. And coming from a Christian perspective, we need to know what the scriptures say about Mm -hmm. us. We need to know that we are forgiven. We're not perfect. We make mistakes, but God's love does not fluctuate. When it comes to body image issues, I take my female students particularly to Psalm 139, where God has crafted their body as compared to an expert weaver making a basket. That's how God was involved in your body type. And I'm sorry if that body type doesn't fit this unreal thin, white European body type, but God created your body, and yeah, we all can get in shape, whatever, but he fundamentally made who you are, and you need to accept God's truth. So yeah, Kathy, I think our self-image needs to be based as well as, remember the, remember the compliments you get, right? As professors, we get, 
we get evaluated every semester, and there's always a student or two who says, I hate Muehlhoff's classes. <laughs> He's so disorganized. I just And it's like, okay, but hey, I, there's also a couple comments that were really, really positive in those evaluations. So let's be well-rounded and not just let one comment totally disrail us. Um, and it, but, but I'm not talking about verbal abuse. Verbal abuse is in a totally different mm-hmm. category where you're being called right. horrific names. That's a different category. I'm talking about the rank and file everyday life that we do with each other where there's the good and the bad. But let's, let's pay attention to what Proverbs and the psychologist is saying. The bad sticks with us. So when you're talking to a young child, when you're talking to a teenager, when you're talking to a woman about her body or sexuality – Let's be generous in what we say. We don't back away from the truth, but just know that hard thing you're about to say, it better come with some positives. From Biola University, Tim Uhlhoff's with us. His latest book is called Defending Your Marriage, The Reality of Spiritual Battle. Tim, thanks an awful lot. I mean, that's an excellent perspective. It helped my day. Oh, great. And it's hard to do, but it's a good perspective. Today's world craves leaders, leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. At BibleStudyTools.com, you're free to create and customize your own Bible. No more lost sticky notes. Now you can organize online and find it again fast. Personalize your Bible at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com. This is the entertainment answer. Why does singer Pitbull feel that the new film Ugly Dolls is so important for young kids today? We're living in a society that's all about instant gratification and perfection which both of them don't exist. This movie is all about being a leader. It's about being unique. It's about being different. So when you take the word ugly and you break it down, it's really you got to love yourself. And that's what I love about this movie and being able to be, you know, ugly dog. Ugly Dolls, rated PG. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. Guess what? Right now is the perfect time to tackle those home projects you've been putting off. So come summertime, you can just sit back and relax. HomeAdvisor can help get you started. HomeAdvisor matches you to the right pro for the job in seconds. You can read reviews and even book appointments online. HomeAdvisor can help with any home project, big or small, painting, plumbing, even remodeling. Find a great pro now before the busy season hits. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. HomeAdvisor. Sunday. Now, despite the uh, road closures and the inconvenience for a lot of people throughout the city of Pittsburgh, it's, I'd say, one of, if not the premier Pittsburgh sporting event only because it invites the non-professional in mm-hmm. to be with, mixed in with the elites. Right. So it's not like NFL playoff football. No. But, you know, they bring in runners from around the world who are world-class athletes. And then there's, you know, Six-Pack Joe way back in the crowd and giving his best. Yeah, but Six-Pack Joe might not be able to do the marathon. 
Uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, uh, for years when we lived in Bloomfield, it's twenty almost twenty-seven miles. Yeah, Six Pack Joe's not doing that. I, I don't know. I mean, we, when we lived in Bloomfield, we had uh, marathon parties every you know every marathon Sunday for years, and then we'd set up lawn chairs on Liberty Avenue and watch people go by. It was such a great time. It was shocking. I mean, truly shocking. The 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 body shapes. Oh, really? The physical prowess or lack thereof. Of people trying to give it, and I think a lot of people just sort of, you know, of course, you have to train, but some people get by just by grit that they are so determined to succeed no matter what. People do this. I love the idea of it. I don't have that. Would you ever do that? Would no. you ever try? Are you kidding me? It's a long ways to go. I hate running. Yeah, well, I fell when I was um, in my early 20s, and so I've got a surgically reconstructed ankle. That's my only excuse. Mm-hmm. I can't run across the street. So, But I do appreciate guys. I mean, I remember um, when you see, like, the wheelchair people. The, oh, isn't the, that unbelievable? Yeah, I, I saw a guy years ago who was on roller skates with one leg, and he had a pair of, like, ski poles, and that's how he was going down the, the road. Oh, my gosh. So... Kudos to everybody who's out Kudos there. Kudos to everybody. Hope you get out there. Mike, have, have you run a marathon? No, but I actually did sign up to do the half marathon this Sunday. Oh. But I'm having terrible hip issues. Oh, no. So, Mike, you look like a runner. You have the build, the runner's build. I ran all through college and high school. Mm-hmm. I, I literally ran in high school in my junior and senior year at least 80 miles a week. Whoa. Yeah. But now that since you started yeah. to work How, here. 80? Yeah. Four in the morning, four at night. And then, and then a long run on uh, on Saturdays and a rest day on Sunday. Wow. What kind yeah. of hip issues do you have in there? Uh, bursitis. Bursitis? Yeah. yeah. It's not fun. You know what? When it's you really have, I've had I've had bursitis in my <laughs> hip, too. <laughs> the problem, it, it affects everything. It hurts your side. It, does. it hurts your leg. It hurts your knee. It's like you can't, th- yeah. Is yeah. there a cure for it? It's so fun. You can get a, um, a, a cortisone shot, mm-hmm. which it's basically like a Band-Aid. You're putting a Band-Aid over it, but... Um, those are extremely painful, I heard, as well. Okay. Uh, so you're so, not going to run? I don't know. I don't know if I want to make it worse or I might just tough it out, grit it out. Okay, good. Okay. You'd make us proud if you could uh, complete that. You better, if you're running, I better get pictured video so that I can post it and we can fuss all about well, it. I have, I have a, I made a John and Kathy t-shirt of just your faces. That's really so, – will I'm that like, be wait, inspiring for you? It'll make you go the extra mile? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it the, always or often the the winners are these guys from like you know Nigeria or, or Kenya? Kenya yeah. these long limbed right. men who just because they were born to run. They sure were. Yeah, it's really cool. All right, well, uh, congratulations to everybody who's part of the Pittsburgh Marathon. Uh, you got weekend plans? Hey, it's my birthday. It's your birthday. Saturday tomorrow. Yeah, so it's it's all holds no holds barred. I was going to say, all holds all barred. Holds. That doesn't sound like a fun birthday. No, it's kind of like when you reach my age, it is all holds barred. I'm just going to sit on the porch. Yeah, I'm excited because I know you invited me over for the party and for the whole like cake celebration because it wouldn't – I mean, I would feel left out like if you wouldn't have invited no, me. I'm not doing it. anything. I'm not having any celebration. Uh, in the past, my wife has thrown me birthday parties. Which I have always gone to. Thank you. But this year, eh, you know. Not not that big of a deal. Well, you don't I'm just know happy that. to be here. Uh, no, no, no. I do know that. No, you don't know that. That there's another because surprise? all the other ones that your wife threw for you, you didn't know about. I was kidnapped, and, and we were all a part of it. Duped. You that think- was before before we knew new Mike. Yeah, yeah. You weren't at any of those parties, Mike. No, They're no, pretty no, fun. We, no. we need to have a party. All right. <gasps> oh, very nice. Oh, today.
Tomorrow. Is your birthday. That's tomorrow. <laughs> and I wish you many, many Can't you see him sitting on that red throne singing oh, this to you? Solomon Burton. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fabulous. One you never had before. Well, thank you. I hope you have a terrific time tomorrow, I do, John. too. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to putter around the house. The Bucks are going to be at home. Are they? Mm-hmm. Playing whom? Uh, Oakland. Oh, the A's. Yeah. I want to go see the A's play just because I love their uniform so much. You could go tonight. Oh, really? It's a t-shirt giveaway tonight. Oh, Free nice. shirt Friday. Free shirt Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, yeah. Okay, well, maybe I'll do something. I mean, you know, in commemoration of the uh, all the runners and the marathon and the bucks and everything else, I just kind of want to sit it out. Okay. Well, you as know. long as you sit it out, as long as you're doing something that makes you happy. I'll have a Coke and a bag of chips. Happy birthday, John. Thank happy you so birthday, much. John. Thank you, guys. Really, always happy to be here. One more year. Chalk it up. Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.